On this week's episode, we answer the age-old question, what can you see? We take you through what our eyes can and cannot do well. So stick around. Hi, and welcome to Rare with Flair. The podcast where two 20-somethings with the same rare disease are out here living our best lives. I am your host, Casey. And I'm your host, Cassandra. So, hi everyone. We are so happy to be back. I am really excited, Cass. Do you know why I'm really excited? Why are you excited, Cass? Because, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, Because (laughs) so many of you who bought shirts for our fundraiser have started receiving them and you have taken pictures in them and sent us photos of it. And we, it makes us so happy to see each and every one of you. In fact, Cass is wearing her shirt right now as we speak. Right now as we speak, and it is very comfortable. It is the, I got the V-neck, because um, I don't have enough V-neck tees, and I love it. It turned out so good. So if you're super sad because you missed the opportunity to buy some cool Rare with Flair merch that was going to support the hermansky Pudlak Syndrome Network, you should send us a message and let us know that, because if we have enough interest, we may or may not throw something together in the future. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to have another shirt in the future. This is not the end of our our merch sales. I don't far think, from but it. Far from it. We are so excited. There, they really are so soft. I feel like I say we're so excited a lot, but that's because I'm an easily. But we excited really, person. really are. Yeah, we really, really are. So thank you all so much. But I've been having a good day. Have you had a good day? I've had a good day. Yeah, I gotta say, I had a migraine yesterday, but today's been on the up and up. Actually, um. I I won tickets. I love the local radio, by the way. This is just a fun fact about me. I love to support my local Columbus alternative radio station. And um, I won tickets to a music festival today through the radio, which is, is so alternate. exciting. So I am hoping to take a friend. It cannot be you, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be me or I would have to fly in a plane. I already knew she won the tickets because, like we said, we talk all the time. So I already knew. So I can't act, like, excited, like I didn't know what you were about to say. Like, oh. But I'm glad you're telling our <laughs> listeners what happened to you and yeah. that you won. I was very excited. Yeah, no, that is super exciting. Like, the migraine stinks, but the tickets are great. I like how your, yeah. your day was turned around. That's it amazing. It really was. How was yours? My day was good. Pretty uneventful. I really love recording the pod. A lot of you don't know when we record this. We record it at night. I feel like when you listen to a podcast, you kind of just fill in the blanks of where they are and what time it is. Like, there's one podcast I listen to that they record early in the morning. But yeah, we record at night. So it's a fun little fun little nighttime hobby we get to do and (laughs) I love by the way that you're into listening to the radio recently because I feel like this is kind of like our little radio show that we're we're doing it makes me feel really fancy I feel like I know all the radio (laughs) DJs and so maybe that's how our listeners feel yeah exactly it's like you listen to the radio and you are the radio (laughs) (laughs) hey we are on like iHeartRadio and that kind of stuff so Uh, we sure are and I think that's an awesome time to say that By the way, don't forget to check out our website, rarewithflare.com. You should also follow us on all the social medias. 
at on Instagram, we're at rare.with.flair, but on all of the other platforms, we are at rarewithflair, including Twitter. So please follow us on the Twitter and tweet. That is what the kids do. That's what the kids do. Yeah, we have all, basically all the social media, so definitely follow us. Yes. Also, we accept email. Hello at rarewithflair.com. So uh, we wanted to jump in to today's topic because... Because, like we said in the cold open, and like it probably says in the title, you guys don't understand that we pick the titles after we record the episode, so we don't often know <laughs> what, what the episode is going to be named, but we're going to go on the hunch that it's in the title, and we're going to talk about what can you see, and I don't know about you, Case, but I get this question a lot. <laughs> All the time. I think it's probably the most commonly asked question right after, well, why don't you just wear glasses? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it, I've always seen it as like a defining moment in every friendship. It's like, to me, it gets to that point where someone is comfortable enough with me and wants to know me better that they just kind of get to the what almost feels like a breaking point because it's like a burning question by this point. Uh-huh. Um, and then eventually there's also another moment where they realize firsthand that I really can't see a lot and they and like I either like you know run into something or I, I have to put it right up to my face or or I miss something that's going on and then they're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, the what can you see? We're going to try to explain it as best we can. So we've told you guys many times, we both have a rare type of albinism called Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. So we do have the same genetic disorder. So our vision is very similar, but there are some people with with albinism or with Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome whose vision is different than ours, who sees a lot better than us, or they might see worse than us. And then you have just the whole blind community who... It's very much a spectrum um, from seeing nothing at all to having pretty decent vision. So we're not speaking for everyone and we're not even speaking for each other here with what can we see, even though I feel like our vision is pretty similar, wouldn't you say? I think based on what we've discussed, it's not like we can fully ever know, but I don't know. We seem to have a lot of the situation, the same kind of situations. I don't know, man. Uh but yeah, so you know that we here at Rare with Filler, we love a disclaimer. So that was it. <laughs> yep, that was it. That was the disclaimer. So we are going to first start off by talking about what we can see well and what our what our eyes are good at, what our eyes are good at doing. And then we're going to get into all of the issues with our eyes. And hopefully after going through all these categories, we'll kind of tell you what we can and can't see. I actually made a YouTube video pretty similar to this once, but it was a really short video. And I feel like podcasts are so much more long forms. So we can really get into the details and the stories. Ooh, yeah. And obviously you can get Cass's perspective too. Yeah. And I will link that video in the show notes. As always, everything that As we talk always. about is in the show notes. Amazing. So you want to, we'll start off first with one of the things we can see the best. Like, you know, it's kind of, we have like bragging rights for how well we can oh, see yeah. this thing. So color, our color vision is generally really great. And mm-hmm. like we said, not all blind people, you will meet visually impaired people. Uh, a good friend of mine who's visually impaired does not have color vision or she's colorblind is probably the right term for that. But 
No, my I don't know about you, Cass. My color vision gets me through the day. Fully. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I just, I think that we can even identify within some nuances of colors. Um, obviously, color contrast is something that matters to us, and so when there is poor contrast, it obviously makes things a lot more difficult to read. But I think that we have really great color perception. <laughs> Yeah, if I, I always say this, like if I am ever in a crowd, I subconsciously memorize what color the person I'm with is wearing. So then Mm -hmm. if I lose the person I'm with, I'm not looking for their face or or anything. I'm looking for the shirt color they're wearing, a bright blue shirt, or even like looking for signs. You know, I can tell Starbucks is Starbucks when I see a green circle. It, It doesn't mean that I can read that the sign says Starbucks. I just know from it being green. I really use colors a lot. And mm-hmm. it's funny, I went to a friend's house when I was a little girl and her mom said, you know, Casey can't read things, you know, from far away or anything, but I dropped an or uh, not an Oreo, I dropped a Cheerio on the floor and Casey was able to pick it up. And it's hard to explain to people, like, how can you not read that, but you can pick up a Cheerio on the floor? And I think for me, it's the contrast, it's the color mm-hmm. difference. It's how I can see something on the floor. I see something. I I can't tell what it is, but I see something is out of place from the color. Yeah. And shape and color, you'll you'll hear. We use those to like our brains subconsciously use a shape and color to figure out what the world around us is. Um, But actually, speaking of color, (laughs) I don't I don't know if you've ever had the experience of (laughs) putting like a food of the color of the bowl it's very confusing like (laughs) so I remember this I have this memory of putting like orange cheese puffs in an orange bowl and I'm like (laughs) where are they (laughs) no yeah color can also steer you the wrong way if you're doing it like that or if like it, speaking of food, like if you think rice is mashed potatoes or something Ooh. because of the color, you know, like I we rely on color so much that it can actually steer us wrong, I think, sometimes. Yeah. the And, and I think even some sighted people struggle with this. There's a, the age old like chocolate chip versus raisin debacle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, or even thinking a raisin is like a bug or something. Oh my gosh, I've so had that. <laughs> yeah, because all we're seeing is all, like you gotta understand, listeners. Black if you have dot. Good vision, like all we're seeing is a black dot. That's it. There's no detail there at all. That's all we're seeing. Is it so, moving like, or does it have like? It- <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> One time I had a fan that was blowing around like a, I think it was like a raisin or something, like a little black object. And I thought it was a bug because it was moving. The fan was moving it. Oh my goodness. But that, you know, I mean, we really, really use color just so much. And we're going to come back to this again and again in this episode of how much context clues and just putting the pieces together matters to us. And like Mm -hmm. people think we can see way better than we actually can because of how often we just like guess we guess so often and it's not like something that we're consciously doing all the time I think that when you're born with uh the vision that we have and, and like we've said before our vision is stable it's basically the same as it was from the day that we were born and it's not projected to get much worse um you know your brain will subconsciously come up with uh coping skills that are almost universal among other people with our same condition i think a lot of people end up coping in the same ways of using shapes and colors and context yeah we always joke about how sighted people like 
use their eyes way too much. <laughs> yeah, they do. They rely on them so much. We memorize oh, like an unbelievable amount of things. We do. Memorization in the low vision community is such a thing. Like we really have to memorize so much and we really have to like be adaptive and resourceful and just put clues together all the time. So yeah. yeah Another thing our eyes are good at is peripheral vision. Um, part of the um, definition of legal blindness either is limited visual acuity, which we've talked about and we'll, we'll mention again later in this episode, which is just how much and how far you can see and at what level of detail, which is like your typical eye chart. But another part of it is the peripheral vision, your visual field. And so if you have a limited visual field, either in the center of your eye or on the sides, that will also limit your vision naturally. So like we have pretty good peripheral vision, I would say. Yeah, I think our peripheral vision is normal. I mean, obviously, we still have low acuity, like Cassandra said, like out of our peripheral vision, but we have that peripheral peripheral vision. And I, I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast, but I when I was little, like first or second grade, I had a teacher that was like, well, Casey, since you don't have any peripheral vision, and I was like, yes, I do. And my teacher continued to argue with me. She was like, no, you don't have that. And I knew what it meant. And I knew that I did. I was like, no, I can see like all around me, you know? (laughs) So uh, that is, I guess people maybe just assume when you say you're legally blind, that that means you don't have peripheral. And for some people that is true, but for us, that's not the case. Oh, we're frozen. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. Our Wi-Fi is crap tonight, y'all. We are we are struggle busting <laughs> with the Wi-Fi tonight. We are gonna we're doing our like very best. Like truly. We are doing our very best here. But anyway, we have peripheral. I guess that's all we have to say on that. I mean, I'm grateful to have peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful like when you're walking outside and it is helpful, you know? Um mm-hmm. so for me, I'm grateful for that and I don't wanna just focus on the negative. I wanna um, also be happy for what I have. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're going to jump into the things that the many things that our eyes do not do well. <laughs> yes. And there are more, more that it doesn't do well than it does. I think those are the only two things we had on the list of what it hey, does Hey, but we well. have two things and I'm happy about it. Hey, we have two things. At least we can see a little. So our first thing on what our eyes are not very good at, I think this is one of the things that really affects us the most, and that is photophobia. And it kind of sounds like what it is. Our eyes are very sensitive to light. And I think phobia sounds like fear, so it's like, yeah, I'm, d- I'm right. scared of the light. <laughs> I'm scared of photographs. <laughs> I have photophobia. That's how it's spelled. Um, yeah, it does sound like a fear, so that's actually, I guess, a little inaccurate sounding. But that's what it's called. That's the real term. So, basically, I think this affects me a whole lot. Um, so, people with albinism have a lack of pigment in our eyes, and a lot of people with low vision, even without albinism, have photophobia. It's kind of a common occurrence among low vision people, it seems. Mm-hmm. And it really, really affects your everyday life and how you see, obviously, especially when you go outside. I feel like I'm almost completely blinded outside. Do you feel that way, too? Yeah, I do. And, and it's very difficult to go outside without any sort of eye protection, when I've gone out in the mornings recently to 
to relieve my guide dog, I, st- I take like three steps out of my house and then I walk back inside <laughs> because I'm like, oh, nope, that's pain. I, nope, it that's is pain. physically painful for our eyes to receive so much light because we've mentioned this before, but people with albinism, we lack pigment in our eyes. So we lack pigment in the pupils of our eyes, which are supposed to filter light, and also the irises uh, that also work on filtering. Um, so most people with albinism, you'll see, have really light colored eyes, but not all. Um, and yeah, it is like, it, I think that we, I, some blind people struggle to see at night, and I think that we actually may see a little bit better at night just because the, the lights aren't so bright. Yeah, I will say I struggle at night, too, and that could just be me. I mean, you know, everyone is different, mm. even with the same disorder. I will say, like, if I'm walking through a parking lot with steps and things at night, I do have a lot of trouble. But I think, like, dusk is a really great time of mm-hmm. day for me. You know, that's the only time that I can see outside is when it's more like a indoor lighting kind of look to the outside yeah. world, if that makes sense. But when I said I couldn't, like, when I said I almost feel fully blinded outside, I meant that with my sunglasses on. Yeah. Like, even with sunglasses. I am basically closing my eyes when I'm outdoors in the sunlight. And if I didn't have sunglasses on, I can't open my eyes, period, like at all. Yeah. I cannot go outside without sun. In fact, like I there was an outdoor gathering recently I was going to and I had realized in the car on the way I'd forgotten my sunglasses. No. And I had to ask someone to borrow them because I cannot physically be there. Like and I don't think people understand this. Like it is genuinely that painful. Like I was in a wedding party fairly recently, like, well, a few years ago, and we were taking photos outside, and I had to tell the photographer, hey, please count down from three, and when it is time, I will quickly open my eyes, but I had makeup running down my face. I was in pain. Like, it is just not... Yeah, I feel the same way. No, and and that's what... Yeah, I... That reminds me of when I was graduating college. I, uh, when with my sorority sisters and we took some pictures around campus and it it was the same thing for me so I I tried to do it I think I had um sometimes I'll wear tinted contacts and it's not super often lately but um those help a little bit cut down on some of the the pain from the light but I tried oh. to do that and I, I I did it for like three solid photos and I'm like no, I have to get my sunglasses and I'm going to be wearing sunglasses in every single one of these photos yeah. because I physically can't keep my eyes open because I think I'm going to get a headache. No, <laughs> literally, like it, it's physically impossible. Even if you really wanted to get that picture, it's like you either have sunglasses on or your eyes are basically closed. And do well, you, yeah, like, I mean, I was still squinting and I thought I had my oh, eyes yeah. wide open. <laughs> oh, yeah. And do you find that like I know we don't drive, but like talk it like let's pretend you're in the passenger seat of a car. Do you find that if it's a bright, sunny day and you're in the car for a while that you just start to feel sick? Like yes. photophobia? It just makes you feel sick. Like you feel I nauseated. I feel physically bad. And, and like yeah, I also bad. feel like almost, almost like a mild panic anxiety. I'm like, I need to get out of the sun. Yes. I hate <laughs> this. I hate this. <laughs> I literally like I'll have a like a jacket in the car that I keep in the car and I will put it over my head at some point. Oh my gosh, I've done that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've done that from a young age, too. Like, when we were in road trips, we'd cover the windows. 
Me too. Yep. Me too. You got to do it. And we, we need to mention really quick, too. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have seen my picture, or seen my videos, or you've seen me. But I have dark colored eyes. I have like yeah. hazelish, brownish eyes. And when I was a baby, the doctor told my mom, like, maybe her photophobia won't be as bad because her eyes are darker. But that's not the case at all. And actually, if I am standing outside and you look at my eyes in the sunlight... They are. They do have kind of that reddish, goldish tint mm-hmm. to them. If you're like shining a light directly into them, so it's it's interesting though that my eyes are like a darker color, and I still have such bad photophobia. Yeah, yeah, and I think even inside my eye, like in my house, I keep the lights fairly dim and low. Um, yeah, just because yeah. I find that to be the most comfortable thing. If I do end up having to read something, I I will have to turn them up. But I do most of my work on a computer. I'm mostly staring at screens because that's my job. And so I can keep the lights down real low and it's great. But it's always funny when people come over and they're like, how do you see anything? It's so dark in here. (laughs) Have you ever worn sunglasses inside? Like I know some kids with albinism in school when they were young, they wear sunglasses in the classroom. Like, have you ever done that? I have. Well, so when I started working uh, at the job that I currently have, and we were doing, I had like a month long orientation. And in one of the rooms where they do a lot of presentations, it was so bright in there that mm. I'd have to keep closing my eyes, but then I'd almost fall asleep. And so it was like kind of a struggle. So honestly, I gave up and I started wearing sunglasses in that room and it, and it did help a lot more. I was, yes. it's always like a catch 22. It's like, I want to not be in pain but at the same time I don't want people to think that I'm like weird or aloof or like sometimes in in sitcoms people do it if they're hung over which is not the case I know (laughs) know, it makes you look kind of rude or I don't know it just looks odd I agree even at some restaurants I'll wear sunglasses if I'm sitting facing the window which I never Uh tried to I always try not to do but even I I even feel weird with that trying to talk to the waiter with sunglasses and I I know we shouldn't really care what people think and I know some blind people always wear sunglasses um and I don't really even love playing into that stereotype of all blind people wear sunglasses either so I don't know it's a fine fine balance also sometimes the room can be too dark for sunglasses for me like you know I like can't see with them on either so Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know but it's we could struggle. go on and on about photophobia yeah. I think it re- I, like we've talked about before how your vision at the eye doctor when you're getting your vision tested it, you're in perfect lighting you're in a perfect scenario in this room and then you know let's say you read 2200 or 2400 in that room and then you go out into the sunlight like we, we've got to be 2600 or worse outside I would there's assume. no way that we can see the same inside as outside I'm I just... would never be able to read that chart outside oh like my God. never I couldn't even never. keep my eyes open that's why driving is such a fear like I mean I don't I even know if I would qualify I'm like I think I'm like on the line of qualifying with a bioptic but I just never could with the photophobia. I never could. Like, I don't think people understand how much the photophobia would affect that. I was also thinking of how it's sometimes impossible to to see things when they're right against the light. You know, when if you've ever gone out to eat with a friend and they you're sitting facing the window and they're sitting facing against it and they just look oh, like yeah. a silhouette. <laughs> it's so- literally like a black blob. Is all they are to me. I don't know what my neighbors look like because I only (laughs) ever see them outside. 
Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. One time I was on a date where that happened, and I was oh. like, I never saw this person's face. Like, one time. <laughs> like, not not one time. Did Who are they? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um. So, we also now... <laughs> It's just, there's so much that can be said about photophobia. Truly oh, so, so much. much. Truly so much. Um, we got to move on, but so much. <laughs> we wanted to uh, bring up nystagmus, which for those that are unfamiliar, it's usually a part of having albinism, but it's an involuntary shaking of our eyes. And so if you look closely at our eyes, they move back and forth really quickly in kind of a pendular motion. It may look like we're skittish, uh, but it's <laughs> really not. Like, I, I always worry that people think that I'm, like, anxious or something because my eyes are moving back and forth. But yeah, truly, it's like we can't stop it. We can't help it. And most of the time, we don't even notice it. Yeah, I have had, when I've done, like, singing competitions, I've had judges write on there, like, you look really nervous, your eyes weren't focused, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, it's not nerves, people! <laughs> um, so, yeah, and this is not just an albinism thing. Actually, a lot, of, once again, just like photophobia, a lot of low vision people just happen to have nystagmus as well, along with other conditions and things like that. Um, and it... A lot of people ask us, like, does your world shake? Like, do you see the world shaking? And not really. I think our brain, like, adapts. Like, how would you explain that? Do you feel like you don't see it actually shaking, right? Like, No. I, I just... No. I, your brain will correct the image. It kind of... Yeah. Human vision is fascinating. But it, yeah. it like, kind of takes multiple images and blends them together. But I will say that more recently, I've started to try to notice it. And I, I do notice that when I'm really tired, and so it almost does feel like the world shakes a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I end up closing my eyes a lot more than anyway, so it doesn't matter as much, but yeah, it's not, I think people are often most worried about it because it's the most visible sign of the fact that we can't see. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when I am tired, if I like, if I try to read something, I kind of can see it moving a little on the page. Or like, I feel like my vision just overall gets more blurry when I'm tired, and that yeah. might be true for everyone. I don't really know what fully sighted people like deal with, you know, when it comes to that. But I think it is my nystagmus. Like, have you ever closed your eye and put your finger on top of your eye and felt it move? Because I do. Yes. That. Yeah. So like, you can feel it moving i've also like tried to take videos of my eyes shaking because it's not something i can see in the mirror yeah yes we can't yes that's a great point if we look at ourselves in the mirror we can't see it because it's all moving (laughs) yeah exactly but no i have taken videos and i'm like wow because for me so this is a whole other portion of this conversation but i have a null point and cast does not and what a null point is, is a way that you tilt your head. It could be to the right, it could be to the left, could be up, could be down. But a way that you tilt your head where your nystagmus slows down or almost stops. And for me, it's my chin being down. So when I put my chin down, my nystagmus slows down and I can actually see a little better. Um, so if I'm really trying to focus on something or read something, that's what I'll do. And when I look out of the side of my eye, though, like if I turn my head and look out, the, out of the side of my eye, my nystagmus goes really, really fast. Like that's mm-hmm. when it speeds up. So I don't know what science is behind that, but I know like what ways to make it faster and what ways to make it slower, but I can never make it stop. Like 
we can't we cannot control it it is involuntary we cannot make it stop yeah and i i unfortunately i don't have a null point and it's funny because i don't know i see everything equally bad <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but um there is a surgery that people with albinism have gotten and people without albinism again it's not limited to just our condition but um people say that it sort of helps it I don't think it ever fully goes away. There's still some very, very slight moving uh, regardless. But, yeah, you know, it's it's there. It's a possibility. I just, you know, having a bleeding disorder, like we've mentioned right. before, it just doesn't feel worth it to me. And I don't know. I'm not that interested. It's mostly cosmetic, in my opinion. I think it is mostly cosmetic because there are so many other things that affect our vision that I've, you know, it can it can help your vision a little bit, but you'll never have perfect vision even with the nystagmus surgery with albinism. That is, I can't speak for anyone just with plain old nystagmus, but with albinism, it seems to be more cosmetic. And I wasn't a great candidate for it when Mm -hmm. I was young. The doctor said that. I'm glad I wasn't because I didn't know I had a bleeding disorder at the time. And if I would have had eye surgery, I'm sure I would have bled a lot. And that's kind of a scary thought. But I will say, like, it really bothered me growing up. I hated my nystagmus. I was ashamed of it. I didn't like it, especially in the the theater world. I've talked about that before. I got negative comments about it in Mm -hmm. performing and acting. And I hated it. I wanted more than anything for that part of it to be gone. And I I think the more I've accepted my vision, the more I've accepted my nystagmus. And I actually kind of like it in the sense that if I tell people I'm blind, that they'll they're more likely to believe me if they see that there's a physical difference in the looks of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I kind of do like it for that reason, I guess. So people believe me and take me more seriously, but some people don't notice it. And some people really do. Like, have you noticed that? Like some people yeah. notice it right away. Some people don't. I, I think it's pretty rare for me to get comments on it. I, I honestly don't, I think people will notice faster that I hold things very close to my face instead of my eyes shaking. Um, because I feel like you'd have to really look at me for just a little bit, um, but kind of intently to to notice that my eyes wiggle yeah. so much. I've gotten comments like from random people. Mostly my negative comments were like in the theater world, like I said. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten like random strangers say things. And then my five-year-old nephew recently said to me, Casey, why are your eyes moving when you're not moving? Oh, that's so <laughs> cute. I When I was five, I used to walk up to kids and be like, look what my eyes can do. <laughs> Of course you did. Yeah, well. (laughs) Party trick. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay, so yeah, we could obviously also go on about nystagmus for a while. But next, we're going to talk about good old fun depth perception. That's a fun one, isn't it? It is. It is. So... We lack depth perception. We don't fully lack it. Like, we can see... It's hard to explain. Like, we have some depth perception, but it's just not very good. It's pretty poor. Like, if, like we've said in, in episode two, if we're standing at the top of, this, of a step, we can't tell if it's a little step, a big step, a change in the concrete, a curb. Like, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. No idea. 3D movies? Forget about it. Oh, my gosh. Forget about 3D it. 3D movies are the biggest waste of money, and they kind of make my head hurt. I kind of hate them. I can't tell at all that it's 3D. And I hate wearing the glasses. Like, I would rather just see a normal movie, please. Thank you. 
I mean, I can barely even see the normal movie well enough. So. Yeah, exactly. So, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I literally just lost Cass. We got cut off FaceTime. It hung up. I wonder if she's talking right now at the same time as me. But the call, I'm going to wait for her to call me back. Hopefully she'll call me back in a minute. Our Wi-Fi, here she goes. She's calling me back. Stand by. Our Wi-Fi. Please stand by. <laughs> I was st- <laughs> I was talking to the listeners. I was like, she's going to call me back. She's going to call me back. <laughs> we just lost our call completely, y'all. We FaceTime. Something in the Wi-Fi connection hates us tonight. Wow, that was an aggressive shutdown for our podcast. It was an aggressive. I didn't even get a warning that anything was wrong. You just were gone. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Um, She was gone (laughs) in a flash. (laughs) Depth perception. I feel like with the depth perception, um, there's a certain amount of pattern recognition that gets us so far. Um, Yeah. I think that, obviously, when you see a change in the texture on the ground or in the design of the ground or the color, you your brain will with time figure out there may be a step here and it kind of alerts you and so the natural response for most blind people is to probe with your foot and so you'll stick your foot out you'll poke with your toe and you might find a step a curb or just more ground you know you never really know (laughs) exactly and I do that quite often except unless you have your cane or guide dog with you which is one of the many many perks of having a cane or a dog is that it feels the step before you do Mm -hmm. so that's great but or also I just instinctively every single and please tell me you do this too Every single time I am out with friends, I instinctively walk slightly behind them. And when they go down a step, I go down the step. Um, I don't. I never... Really, you don't do that. No. No, oh. I don't. I, <laughs> I'm i just like... I don't know. I really have a lot of like unearned confidence and faith that <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um if I'm somewhere new and I, I do need to follow them, I will. But I walk really fast. And so I end up pulling ahead of people. Uh, but I do have a guide dog. So most of the time, she will either stop before the step or she will dip down before me so I can feel her dipping down. And then I will find the step also. But I Ooh. I don't. <laughs> wow. So like, I'm going to set the scene for you, okay? You're at a restaurant. And you're with, like, a group of people. And it's at night. It's late at night. And you're leaving the restaurant and you're, like, opening the door. Like, that doesn't give you a little fear that you're, like, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on right here with the steps and the stuff. And I need somebody to be in front of me. Because I would totally, like, just go behind somebody at that point. Um, if I know them, then I won't. If I don't know them, <laughs> then I will. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying if you're if you know them then you won't? Okay, so if it's your friends, you'll just walk ahead of them? Yeah. <laughs> that's just I, I think that's always just been my personality. As a kid, I actually didn't do a whole lot of probing. If I was walking around and if I fell, I just fell. And it was fine. And I figured it out and then I learned for the next time because that's kind of how I worked. 
Um, I think mm. there were other young, and we talked about this kind of thing in our in our school episode. There were other young blind kids like Casey who were probably smarter and had more of a of a better fear of things. Um, I probably needed more of that. <laughs> I feel like my blindness has made me more cautious than the average person. So, like, if there is a step, a fully sighted person might be more likely to trip on it than I would because I'm so overly hyper aware of all of it, all of my surroundings all the time. And I don't take the risk. I am not clumsy. I never fall. I never fall. Ever. Even without my cane. Because I don't get into that situation where I'm going to but I feel like there's a happy medium because I feel like I need to be more like daring like you especially in childhood but I wasn't wow yeah I don't and I will often trip on things but I mean I do rely on my guide dog um and and I think over time uh and having I don't know, having more life experience, I've actually grown to be more cautious. Um, I'm not as, as as quite reckless as that might sound. Uh, but yeah, I, I honestly, I have, again, I have a, lot, a great deal of unearned confidence that I will figure it out and that even if I trip, it'll be fine. But I'm more self-conscious about like looking super blind in quotes (laughs) in front of people that I don't know well uh so I will I will like actually take more time uh because I am afraid of being embarrassed but if people know me well enough like you know there are often times that yeah I'll just like keep walking ahead and I think also you just get used to I don't know pick up your feet a little bit more so I'm definitely not the only person with albinism that is this way. Um, I don't know if... You know Elsie Larson. She's kind of a home influencer. Um, She does a lot of DIYs, like a style blogger. She adopted two young girls with albinism from China. And her oldest daughter, Nova, is a lot like how I am and how I was as a kid. She, I think her husband posted a video of them playing. Uh, I might try and see if I link it in the show notes. I don't know if his, I think his account might be private. We'll see. Um, But there's a video of them playing on a jungle gym that has poor contrast. And you can tell that her oldest daughter, Nova, has poor depth perception. But she's like walking and she just almost falls down the step but she stumbles and catches herself and and she's like talking the whole time because she's four and she loves to talk and she like stumbles and falls she's like i'm okay and she keeps walking ah. and I was like, that is exactly how i was as a kid i love that and like i don't want people to think i'm a complete stick in the mud like i still played on the playground and ran around with my friends and went and did all the things a normal kid did i just have i honestly think even if it weren't for my vision i would have a cautious personality that is literally just my personality i am anxious i am cautious i am safe um and but i like that we have the differing like views on that on this pod because i feel like we agree on so much and so much of our experience is similar so it's good to have like the differing experiences with that so one of the one of the last things that we wanted to mention about things that our eyes do poorly is general lack of detail and we've touched on it before 
But, like, when Casey mentioned, like, the Starbucks logo, she can't see every individual piece of the logo and the, the like, the white parts that make up the green lady. Um, so, I just, it's funny because the, the lack of detail often presents itself in some really funny ways. Yes. Do you want to tell them the story you told me the other day? Okay, this is a story from my childhood, and um, I feel like it just really hits the nail. So, on a, on a main street corner close to where my parents' house is and where I grew up, there used to be this uh, little board that had two sides, so it was L-shaped to fit on the street corner, so when you turned, you would see the other side of it, with painted American flag, and so your brain will complete the image. And that's honestly what ends up happening a lot of the times with the lack of detail. We'll make a lot of assumptions and our brain will fill in the picture. And a lot of times it's right, which is why we look like we are definitely more capable than we may very well be. Yeah. But in this case, my brain completely did filled in the wrong image. And in my brain, um, it... It was a semi-truck that had been, like, basically <laughs> grounded on the corner that had an American flag painted on it. <laughs> and so, for years, I, I kept up this assumption, and I, of course I didn't say anything. I just assumed that that was, like, the truck that lived on the corner. Until one day, they they replaced it, or they moved it, and I asked my mom, what happened to the truck? Or, I think it was still there, actually. <laughs> But um, I once asked her, like, why is that truck always there? And she was like, what truck? There's no truck on the corner. And so one day we parked across the street and we walked across the street and I touched the board and I was very disappointed to find out that it was not a truck and it was wooden <laughs> boards. And I felt really cheated. <laughs> No, it's so true, though. Like, our brains fill in the blanks, and we are wrong about so many things. And there are some things we're right about, and like Cass said, that's why people think we can see better than we can. But truly, we fake it all the time. And the lack of detail, we were talking the other day about how if someone is wearing, like, a blue and white striped shirt, if we see them from across the room, it just looks like a blue shirt to us. Like, it all blends together and it doesn't get until we're right up on it that we can tell that there are stripes or there are checks or anything like that and even like trees they look like green blobs to us they're not like we don't see leaves individual leaves on trees we just see like green blobs like faces I don't see the details on people's faces I just see like like I was telling Cass the other day when I'm walking my dog in the mornings down the street I'll see a person, like I'll see the outline of a person, but I can't tell if they're walking toward me or walking away from me because I can't tell if it's the back of their head or the front of their face. Like I, I oh, genuinely, yeah. there's no, there's especially there. if like the hair color of the person is similar to the skin color of the person. Yeah. So someone with maybe blonde hair and, and light skin, I don't. Yep. I don't know. I really don't. If their hair is blowing in the breeze, I have no idea where their face is. Yes, but we do. We fake it so often and it's kind of does a disservice to us because it makes everyone in our lives think that we can see 
things that we can't and then they expect us to be able to see something and it's just so complicated it's really hard to explain to someone you know and that's what we're trying to do with this episode is explain to people what we can see but at the end of the day you can never fully explain how someone sees right and because you know you fair listener who may have good vision or or quote-unquote normal vision we have no idea how you see so we have no reference point to compare and contrast we can only tell you our experience and hope that it makes sense in some way but speaking of um doing people a possible disservice casey and i were talking about recently how we've started just as we've gotten older we have started to stop trying to cater to people and like make it seem like we really do see more because it really ends up confusing people because sometimes we will later miss things that they thought that we could see. Yes. Recently, a girl I know was waving at me, but I couldn't see it. And my mom told me, hey, she's waving at you. And normally I would wave back and smile, but instead I did not wave. And then I went up to her later and I said, hey, sorry, my mom told me you were waving at me, but I didn't see it. And the reason I did this is because if I would have waved back at her when my mom told me to then she would have always thought that I had seen her. And then the next time she waved at me, what if my mom wasn't there with me? She would think that I was being rude and ignoring her because she thinks I can see. I've got to let people know what I can and can't see. And it's just the older I get, yeah, the more I want to do that and try not to please others pretending like I can see things I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I completely agree with you. I've actually started, I've started taking like a zero tolerance policy to people who don't uh, ID themselves. And I will, like, preface that with um, I really have noticed more in my life people coming up to me and people that may not know me super well, but they will come up to me and they will say, hey, it's so-and-so. And I just so value that. But when that doesn't happen, I need to stop pretending like I know who people are because honestly it could be a safety issue. I I once had a situation where I was out at night and I thought I was talking to someone that I knew that I was like that said they were going to meet up with me later on in the night. But it came to find out I was talking to a complete stranger as if I knew them and I was continuing <gasps> to pretend that I knew them and it was really scary and I didn't like the situation I was in and I quickly cut off the conversation because as soon as they asked my name I gave an alias and I walked away like I just I couldn't I don't want to do that anymore because I don't want to either put myself at risk or I don't want to not know who I'm talking to so I've just started saying like hey I'm really sorry but who are you I can't see well That is so scary. And yeah, no, I I have also adopted this zero tolerance policy of like just saying, I can't see that. I can't see you. Who are you? Sorry, I can't see. I used to be embarrassed when I was little to say, hey, I can't see or sorry, I can't see. No, not anymore. Just say it. Come on. Get it over with. We got to know what's going on. So completely agree. Well, all right. We have... A game! A game! (laughs) We are just going to do some quick icebreaker questions. I will ask a few. You will ask a few. And we will give our answers. So, you want me to go first? 
I would love for you to go first. If if you could play any musical instrument, what would you choose to play? Oh, ha- hands down, because this is like I just feel like it fits my vibe. I would I would want to play a trumpet, but it would be really annoying oh, tr- to learn oh! to play. I literally thought your vibe and all of that. I thought you were going to say guitar. Oh no, I've I've recently discovered like. A handful of of great musicians that incorporate trumpets into their music, and I'm just like it. it ooh, it really gets me going. I love hearing that. Ooh. It adds like such a punch to the song, and you can play it yes. in multiple different ways. It doesn't always have to be loud and shrill. Like it could be cool and, and suave and and in that muted jazz way. I just think it's so. I don't know. It's a cool instrument, but I would never want to learn it because it'd be obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really love like the saxophone and the violin and the harp I think is awesome, but I would maybe actually just choose piano cuz I I sing and I would love to be able to accompany myself singing on the piano. So maybe just piano would be my choice if I I can't play anything. I'm not I'm not talented in the musician, I mean in the instrument realm, yeah. but I think sight reading is also really difficult when you are um, legally blind. It's hard it to is. have an instrument in your face and then also see the music. <laughs> Oof, it is. It is. We've tried. We see our uh, hobbies sure episode for more details. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you will learn that I did, in fact, play the harp as a kid. <laughs> yes. I want to say that was maybe episode 12, but at this point, I'm losing count. <laughs> Okay, so you have a late night talk show. Who was your first celebrity okay. guest? Um, obviously Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> we all know this. If you're a longtime pod listener, it's not surprising. Well, who would you say? I think it's ah, it's so hard to pick. I'm gonna pick. Let's see. I love Marvel movies. I'm gonna pick Paul Rudd because he's my favorite superhero, Ant Man. Love that. That would be a dream. Love that. He also doesn't age, so, yeah. Amazing. Okay, my next question is, what is your favorite age you've ever been? Oh. Huh. Okay. Um, I really like where I'm at right now. I gotta say, like, I'm really happy Aww. being 23. But um, other than that, I think the next greatest age that I've had, I really enjoyed being 20. I think I had a really fun oh. time that year. What about you? Nice. I had a lot of a lot come to mind, but I'll pick one from each little section of my life. I really remember liking being eight, and I remember being sad when I turned nine because I liked <laughs> being eight. I really loved being 17. That was a really good year. Um, I really liked 24, but honestly, I think what I am now, 28, it has been one of my favorites so far. And it's funny because I've always wanted to be 28. And I've, I don't remember if I've talked about that in a past episode or not, but with all my friends, it was always an ongoing joke that like, I've always wanted to be 28. So my 28th birthday felt like a big like thing for me. And um, yeah, so that's been one of my favorite year- ages so far too. Yeah, I, I will say like, I did, I, I picked recent ones. I didn't dislike being younger. Um, but those are the ones that came to mind first, for sure. Um, I, I think I also really enjoyed being, um, 
I think my 13th birthday was a lot of fun and I had a nice group of friends. So I remember that like being really happy when I turned 13. I like redid my room. Like I really felt like a teen. Um, So that was really fun for me too. But actually you said 17. 17 was my my least favorite year of all because that's when I went through the most difficult medical trauma. (laughs) I think 13... And 12 were my absolute worst, so <laughs> I'm I'm picking one of your favorites as one of my worst. <laughs> Those were trash. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not ever, ever, ever going back at all. Never going back. Nope. Um, you're going to sail around the world. What is the name of your boat? Oh, the USS Rare with Flair. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I guess, sure. What about you? I like that a lot, actually. We We can can share a boat. We can go captain. I I will say, I picked that question because... I think one of the funniest pieces of information that I've learned in my life is that someone <laughs> makes me laugh every time someone once named a boat Bodie McBoatface <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I really value that <laughs> I do too or we could do a Spongebob themed boat since that is our, our love <laughs> the bikini bottom <laughs> the bikini bottom boat there we go there we go that did is it, it. <laughs> okay my next one is what is your favorite thing about your appearance oh um Let's see. Oh, I think I have a nice smile. Um, you 100% do. Thank you. I So growing up, I had, so I have really large teeth. And so I had to have like fun fact about me. I have, I, I'm missing nine teeth, including my four wisdom teeth. So wow. I had to get a lot of teeth removed and I had braces like two separate times. My mouth has been on like a journey but right now, <laughs> I have a really nice smile, and I'm really proud of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you really do. You really Thank do. Thank you. What about you? I don't... I think, like, I was thinking about this. I think what I'm about to say, I would not have said when I was, like, a teen, but I've grown to really... I like my skin. I think I have pretty, like, nice skin. Ooh, I don't know. You do have good skin, um, though. You hardly get any breakouts or anything. Like, I, get, I do definitely get the occasional pimple, but I think overall, like, I've taken care of my skin with, like, sunscreen and all of that, and I, I, I look kind of young for my age, and I think it's just because of my skin is one of the reasons. Um, so I really try to take care of it so it doesn't wrinkle or get, like, um, get, like, sunspots or that kind of stuff. But, you know, it could happen. We all age, of course, and there's nothing wrong with wrinkles or sunspots, but I don't know. I just like my skin. Yeah, you do have really nice skin. It's got a lovely glue. Well, thank you. (laughs) Okay, my last question is, what is your ideal Saturday at home? Oh, at home. It has to be at home, not just your ideal Saturday. It has to be at home. I mean, you could go out for a little bit, but not like most of it's at home. If it's at home, I would want to have like maybe a friend over and like go buy a bunch of like junk food maybe or like a charcuterie board or some kind of like fun food and get a nice movie to watch and maybe like build a fort or do something like fun and cozy 
and watch movies and hang out. I think that would be a really fun Saturday I at home. I love that. Even though if the weather is nice, I usually like to leave my house on Saturdays. But That's true. I'm I like I like being home too. I'm a homebody. What about you? Yeah, I think I I I'd want to like maybe try a new recipe. I'd love to have mm. someone over for a little bit, and um, maybe I'd play a video game with them. I think that'd be fun. Um, oh yeah. I just, yeah, I like being at home, actually. I'm an extrovert, but I do really like my alone time, so. I do, too. I love being at home. If it's a nice Saturday, though, I might get a little bored being there all day, yeah. but yeah. I, yeah, I do love being at home. I do. Truly, that's a, what a lot of my Saturdays look like now, but a lot of the times, if it's a nice day, I'll go on a walk to, like, I don't know, someplace oh, nearby. Yeah. <laughs> Sit outside and just mm. relax. Yeah, it's it doesn't nice. have to be a big deal for sure. But yeah. yeah, that was our game. That was fun. I liked those questions. Those were cute. Thank yes. you all so much for listening. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Hopefully, my editing skills will be so great you won't even hardly. You'll know say what technical except- difficulties? <laughs> yeah, you'll say what? I didn't even know there was any, but I'll leave it some was in just for flawless the fun of it. because Case <laughs> is a. Skilled editor. Hello? 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 Did I lose you during this conversation about editing? <laughs> you, I, did you? Because I heard you. <laughs> I lost you. I lost you. <laughs> we have to finish the episode. We have, we have to, to say goodbye. <laughs> We have to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Hopefully with better Wi-Fi. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.